Podcast with me, Strong Bad. What year is it? <laughs> it's <laughs> oh my god! It is 2002. It is a Strong Bad email coming at you. Now. <sighs> we just lost so um, many listeners. <laughs> I still like that's like my go-to YouTube. If I just like <laughs> just want to sit and watch something dumb on YouTube, I just put on the Homestar Runner channel, and it is an absolute delight. I didn't really yeah. think about the fact that they are probably all on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And they're putting out new stuff. Oh. Uh, I didn't even consider. But yeah, that makes rarely, total sense. Yeah, it's, it's out rarely, but there's still new Homestar content that occasionally comes up. Mm. But Well, if you're, if you're listening at home and you hear a, a, a Sounds like a very upset creature. That's my cat who is locked. My cat Sprinkles locked outside <laughs> of my bedroom, and I can still hear hear her with noise canceling headphones on, crying at the door. So uh, <laughs> if you hear that, I apologize. She is annoying. Uh, normally, I don't lock her out, and I kind of like do this thing where when Nat and I are talking, I just kind of like juggle her around. And uh, anyways, indecipherable Nat, from the from the sound of your whiskey stone. Yeah, I don't have whiskey today. <laughs> no, um, not today. Because uh, I think we're out, actually. Oh, I shame. Look. I should go look. I should get on that. What a dang shame. How you been, Nat? I have been tired. <laughs> it is <laughs> It was like you having a baby having, or something? I have a baby who, she's been sleeping really well. Uh-huh. So like she, last week she got to the point where she's sleeping like nine hours at a time. Um, so like Michelle had to wake up the other night like at six o'clock or something. Cause she was like, hold on. I should have woken up. I should have been woken up by my baby at this point. Like, huh. And she like got up and went over and made sure she was breathing. But then she just kept sleeping for a few more hours. But, um, she is not napping well throughout the day. And it's funny. Like I would that, kill. I would kill for a nap in the middle I know, of the day. Me too. I actually slept a little bit with her today. <laughs> I just was sitting in the rocking chair trying to put her down, and I'm like, I am also going to fall asleep here. But uh, which you know, it's good for her to get sleep at night. But also, she needs sleep during the day, or else she gets very upset. <laughs> so she got very upset yesterday, and I just sat there. Crying along with her, going, "Baby, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. So, you need to go to sleep. I don't know what else to tell you." I think this is part of the part of the process. So you got to figure it out of it. You, you know, the whole cry uh, yourself to sleep thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it goes. But she did get to meet a whole bunch of family for Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, we our usual Thanksgiving is just to go a couple blocks over to Michelle's parents' house, who they bought a house close to us. I want to be make that clear for whatever. <laughs> so no one judge. <laughs> yeah. We don't. We didn't buy a house right down the street from her parents. They were living out of town at the time. Real uh, um, everybody loves Raymond situation. <laughs> right, but they bought a house. Uh, actually, her brother bought a house three blocks from us, and then they bought a house... Uh, that's like another three blocks, like right, like this little like triangle of the three of us. Mm. But 
Um, so we usually go over there, and my mom comes over there as well. Um, but also my dad's sister's in town, and my aunt and her kids and all of their kids hadn't met my baby yet. So we're like, hey, is there a good time tomorrow for us to come over when everybody's out? Because <laughs> I think y'all would want to meet the baby. And so she just sat around in a, you know, there is maybe, was there a dozen people there maybe? And just got passed around the circle by various nine-year-olds. <laughs> I uh, Every time somebody hands me their baby to hold, um, no, uh, please don't take offense to this, but someone's like, here, hold my baby. My first thought is always, why? <laughs> because it needs to be old. Just like, why? Like, cause, it, cause, but people do it. They, when people say, hold my baby, they're not like asking you a favor. They're saying, right. like, don't you, like, isn't this thing cool? Don't you want to hold my baby? And I'm just sort of like, <laughs> no, like if they you were saying, hold the baby. Can you, can you hold the baby for a little bit while I do X, Y, and Z? I would go, right. sure, I will do you yeah, this yeah, favor. Yeah. But just this, right. I have child, would you like to hold? It'd be like, uh, my father, <laughs> my father gave me this example. It's like going to someone's house and someone being like, hey, do you want to hold this fine china? Just here you go. Do you want to hold it? Do you want to hold it? Yeah, it's been passed down generation to generation. It's, uh, it's, about, it's, it's you know, extremely valuable. Do you want to just hold it? I'm like, no, no, I've held, I've held a plate before. I'm good. I'm good. Because if I drop it, mm-mm. Could be a lot of a lot of trouble, man. The See, paranoia. I'm not a baby, not a baby holder. <laughs> the paranoia about hold about <laughs> dropping the baby is so it's so real. Like, so I you have you have once... it still as a parent? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I thought once, once you became a parent, you got over it and were like, I dropped nope. them all the time. Oh no 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 no. Uh, every time I go down the stairs, I have never fallen down the stairs in my house. <laughs> Never once. Now you're hyper aware. A couple times I have slipped on a step and like fallen down to a seated position and been fine. But I have never once fallen down the stairs, like forward toppling over. That has never happened. Now, yeah, now it's just every time I every time I'm carrying her down the stairs, I'm like I am going to somersault and I am going to land on my baby between. My the baby's head between my rib cage and the corner of the step, and I am going to have a very bad day. And then I go down the stairs very carefully, but it's in my head every time. It's in my head every time. It's getting better. It's getting better. Um, so oh, now, what you said, you said the like, oh yeah, you don't drop the baby all the time. Like it reminds me of like all the people who are like, oh, I'm such and such a lead painter. Yeah, from a hose or whatever, and I'm fine. And it's always like said the most emotionally unregulated person I've ever met in my life. Well, <laughs> says the person with the least critical thinking skills I've ever heard in my life. There's it's that, always um, someone who did not turn out fine. I'm, I'm blanking on like what it's actually called, but there's a photo, a famous photo that always gets passed um, around of a, a, a military plane. I think it's a World War one or two point and it has all the red dots. Have you seen this? Keep so describing it. It's survivor, it survivorship it bias. And so they show the plane. Yeah, survivor bias. And so the original Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the plane comes the, back and they go, look, yeah. this is where it's getting shot. We need to reinforce right. these areas. And then somebody else goes, Right, right. These ones are coming back. We need to reinforce right. the areas that uh, aren't 
aren't getting, getting shot, shot because those, ones, those right. are the ones that go right. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, anytime somebody goes, you know, back in my day, we didn't have X, Y, and Z, whatever, you know, you <laughs> yeah. just, uh, as, as we've coined on this show, you pop a goog real quick for like death by lead poisoning, <laughs> yes. and you're going to see a significant, you know, downturn over the years or yeah. death by automobile accident. Like, we didn't wear seatbelts, and you're like, there's a the, reason. Yeah. Or, oh my God, that was the thing. Like, when seatbelts first came out, when seatbelts first came out, people were uh, protesting them, saying that they're dangerous because there are all these injuries being caused by seatbelts. <laughs> I broke my and clavicle. Like, well, yeah. All of you would have died otherwise. <laughs> like, you yeah. all would have died. Um, but yeah, well, there was I've been a- thinking a lot. I've been thinking a lot lately about. Uh, because we had to like, you know, we got our house inspected for lead and stuff to see like, okay, where so, do we need to keep the baby away from? I've never from, understood this. I've never understood this. That they used to put lead in paint? Well, yeah, that's fine. Like they put lead in paint and I guess that's that's bad. And uh, everywhere we've yes. lived in San Francisco, we've had to sign a waiver that says, yes, there's lead in the paint. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, who cares? Because is, the the- is the fear... Is the entire concern over lead paint that a baby is going to eat a paint chip? Not entirely. It can also, like, dust can be inhaled uh, and, like, get in your mucous membranes and stuff. And I think there is some, like, um, if you, like, have, like, exposure to skin, it's not super great. I've just uh, always wondered this since I've moved to the city yeah. and, and lived in a lot of old places. Right. And they act like, like you sign it, and it's just like California law. And I'm always like, right. well, yeah, I'm not going to eat, I'm not gonna <laughs> eat the paint. The thing. Like, it's yeah. fine. I'm not planning on yeah. eating the paint. What's the deal here? And right. I'm like, this can't, all this hoopla can't be over the fear that a child is going to chip off a piece of paint and eat no, it. No, it's because there's no, I mean, lead exposure causes a number of issues yeah. uh, in all. I mean, it's especially pronounced in children, but it's not good for anybody, you know. And it's I, uh, not just—it's not just the consumption. But ever since we had our home inspected for lead, I've been thinking a lot, wondering a lot about the the long term cognitive effects of lead poisoning, especially on, um, say, septuagenarians and octogenarians in mm-hmm. uh, the in Congress, <laughs> mm-hmm. and also voters. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And is the thinking and and like CEOs and thing is like thinking like, is this why no one has given a shit about greenhouse gases <laughs> because they have zero cognitive like they literally cannot perceive long term things because of the lead poisoning they've all been lead poisoned. Well, and also uh, you know it's uh, they only they only got a. Make sure things are good for the next five or ten years, and then you know. Right. I so. th- I wonder. I'm wondering if that's an effect of the lead poisoning. So I live by. Is that especially um, pronounced? Uh, I've never had this. Uh, this wasn't a thing in Detroit area, but in SF because it's this tiny. It's a it's a, a little peninsula. You can actually go like, oh, that bajillionaire or person lives over there because you're all kind of trapped in the same. Uh, if you're doing politics in San Francisco County, you're trapped in the same little uh, yeah. 49 square miles. And so, like, we used to live down, like, when I say down the street, like, you would use the term down the street in the suburbs. You used to live down the street from Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein. And yeah. people would be like, what? And I'm like, well, yeah, because it's like 
three quarters of a mile away, but those three quarters of a mile, the economic right. <laughs> difference in the houses is like Absolutely. staggering, you know, and they have like, a, a, you know, this fenced off house with guards and whatever. But yeah, it, it, uh, it's just weird to be like, Oh yeah, there's uh that's where, you know, Pelosi lives or something. Like people <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Like she's the boogeyman, especially on the, on the right. And like, whatever, I'm not, I'm not even trying to get political, but people talk about it almost as if she's like an apparition or like this demon. I'm like, no, she lives right there. Like it's, you can right. go yell at her like in, in person. Yeah. Um, we took a, we took a little like dinner cruise thing. I say dinner cruise. It was, was like a boat that went out a lake into Lake Michigan and then turned around and came back. Yeah. Um, but there is a point where the where the boat captain was like, "That's Betsy DeVos's lake house," <laughs> and I said, <laughs> "Okay, thank you." Like, Noted. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> you should have taken out a, like a, a notebook at that point and just made a creepy face and you know start writing. Like, oh, I mean, it's the only like seventeen room mansion on that lake, so <laughs> it's it's just remarkable how much damn money these people have. Who then are going? Ah, you can live on twenty two thousand dollars a year. What do you need? Um. My, I think it's New York. I can't remember. One of the states, it's either California or New York recently, you have to like post salary info and job listings now. Um, It's absolutely absurd that you wouldn't be required to do that before. I hated the whole game. You you know, there were times when I was a young man and you interview someone and it's a lot of time and a lot of waste and you get wait in the process and then they give me a job offer and I'm like, whoa, whoa, like why didn't, you know, uh, but all at the same, I'm glad, you know, glad there's some yeah. sea changes there. Right. Anyways, yeah, I'm, this I'm is, hoping they come. I'm getting, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> we should talk about, uh, music. What have yeah, you seen any concerts? Have you seen, I have concerts not seen any concerts? Well, other than your I own. mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm putting on shows and hosting shows and whatever and playing shows, but recently I had the privilege of hearing the worst song I've ever heard, and I would like to share some of it with you. All right. <laughs> so, this is, uh, that's a bold claim. Oh. No, Are, it are isn't. we talking just sonically? Lyrically? Oh, everything. Everything, All everything. Right. So, Michelle was, um, it was after Elle had been born, and she, so she was driving somewhere, the window's down, and she hears a, a, a motorcycle drive past her with this like rap song, she assumes, playing, and she hears this guy. It at least had a rap verse, and she hears enough of the lyrics to say something like, hey, my baby girl's sleeping in the other room, so like, don't come in here, or whatever. Like, you know, it's kind of, he's like, what, okay, what is this rap song about, like, yo, my baby's sleeping? <laughs> Let's look into that. And she looks it up, and it's a song called uh, Welcome to My House. And we said, oh, I guess I've only ever heard the hook of that song. You know, Welcome to My House by Flo Rida. Like, I guess I've Oh, this is a Flo Rida song? Or Flo, we assumed, Flo Rida? Flo Rida, we thought 
we thought so. I, we and so we just said like, oh, I guess I've never heard the full song. Also, at that point, didn't realize it was. About I just Flo realized Rider. he literally spells his name. It's Florida. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> like not even he doesn't even change. He does a capitalization thing, but he doesn't. Okay. It's a, there's a space. There's a space. But so <laughs> we found this song, and spoiler mm-hmm. alert: it is not by Florida. It is a song called "Welcome to My House" by a group called New Breed. And it is, you know how sometimes recently there have been these musicians that sort of skirt the line, as it were, between country and hip hop? Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't even know. It's, they were riding that line. I don't, also, how so, is there a line between those? <laughs> they well, seem very opposite. Google tells me there's a Flo Rida song called My House, and then there is a separate song by New Breed. Right, so we thought, we thought going into it that it okay, was, okay. we thought going into it that it was, welcome to my house. We're like, whoa, okay, I guess there's a part in that song where, hey, my baby's asleep, so yeah, please yeah. keep it down. Uh, no, this is the, oh man, it is all in like this, like really slow hip hop beat in like this really bad country melody. And it is absolute like home defense porn. (laughs) It is so like. Hey, I got robbed uh, last year, so this or this year, I should say this. Uh, maybe I'll be into this song. <laughs> it some is ideas. the absolute absolute opposite of gangster rap. <clears throat> it is like gangster rap is all about uh, you know doing crimes. This is all about protecting your home from intruders. But it is just so racist. And it's bad. So it, it opens with y'all was coming in. Now you're backing out. It's hard to talk big with a shotgun in your mouth. Uh, I'm glad you brought your friends. They can watch it go down. I got mine too. So welcome to my house. And here's where it starts with the dog whistles. Cause these are my people and this is my land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what we prayed for, and this is God's plan. If you ain't from here, you then you won't understand. This is my country. This is who I am. So this is a guy. This is presumably a white man getting robbed by <laughs> people he deems immigrants, legal or illegal. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. And then, then the part where it gets real, real. <laughs> here's he's, not, where he's not very welcoming. No, it's no, no, no. It's called Welcome here's to My the, House. This is very welcoming. Okay. Right. Here's the part where it gets, um, the dog whistle shifts a few octaves and it becomes just very plain. Uh, don't push me on the edge, boy, because I'm aiming for your head, boy, and all I see is red, boy. I told you not to cross that line. I'm giving you a chance, boy, to see the devil in a glance, boy, because I, I could knock you on your pants, boy. <laughs> it's like... I mean, That's, some of the, you know, it's not uh, the greatest rapping, but it's not too different from the the violent content or the implied no, violence isn't too different from some other rap. Uh, but just the idea of this being uh, but a this home song, defense song. This song is seven and a half minutes long. Oh. So I'm scrolling the lyrics and there's a lot of lyrics here. It's seven and a half minutes long. 
and like the top comment on YouTube is like, I'm from the country in Florida. This is just how we is. This is how I was raised. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, lady. Is, uh, uh, are the YouTube, is the YouTube response, uh, are people into it or are people mocking it? Because sometimes when these songs uh, pop up on YouTube, like the top comments are all like, you know, dunking on the song. I, I didn't even stick around long enough to figure out, but it is, we just, we, we didn't even get through the whole thing. We were just, we had to turn it off about four and a half minutes through. <laughs> we're like, there's still so much song left. Yeah, there's, yeah, he says, uh, especially this day and age, got a handle, shit our own way with a 30, 30 or a 12 gauge. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's mad that, you know, uh, after Biden was elected, the you know, <laughs> po- police couldn't count on him anymore. Right. Yeah, but it's also just like this is what every person with guns wishes would happen. Yeah, that's like the fantasy of the every every two A person wishes that they would find themselves in this situation. Um, (laughs) It's yeah, it's uh, I'm gonna have to give this a give this an honest listen after uh, (laughs) after our podcast because I. This is man. These lyrics are uh, dark, and the music is just bad. It's like the same four chords and same melody through the whole thing. Well, I mean that could be any Post Malone song, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but they're not seven and a half minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. All right. So, New Breed has a song called "Welcome to My House" that is, and it's N.U. Breed. So you yeah, know that they yeah. listened to corn once. <clears throat> um, new breed. Okay. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you for welcoming that into my life. Yeah, welcome to my house. <laughs> uh, now, what are we? What is our topic today? If we you have know, one, we are. We 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 do. We have a topic. Um, we we're talking about urban legends in. Music history because it is, uh, it's a wild world out there, and the internet didn't always exist. The internet didn't always exist, and so it used (laughs) to just be you would hear some some, somebody say something like, "Hey, did you hear them?" Like, man, and and like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" And there's no way to know. There's absolutely no way to know. And so these, yeah, you'd have to like control, (laughs) like because like there's no like. Even even simple stuff like there's no I am like you to find out yeah certain things you would have to like go to the library and like seriously oh my God, look yeah. up like uh, like yeah, go there grab no the film IMDb yeah there is no there is no like discogs there is no so like people are like oh hey do you hear it was Chris Caraba who's singing on this two thirty eight song and you're like no man that's not true Dashboard yeah. Confessional is on this two thirty eight song. That's a lie. And then the internet comes around and you find out that it's true. Mm-hmm. It's actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was inspired by the other day. Uh, I say the other day. It was probably a few months ago. I say the um, other day for it's stuff that five happened years, 10 years six ago. Six years. Yeah. Six, yeah <laughs> 10 to 15 years the other day. Um, so it was when I bought a copy of uh, A Crow Left of the Murder by Incubus. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that really my first like earnest introduction to Incubus 
um, outside of like hearing them on the radio, a friend told me uh, that when they made Morning View, that they locked themselves into a house just together and they listened to no outside music for a whole year and then they wrote the album. I know that the being in a house together part is true. I don't right. know about all those other rules. Right. And so... I only years, know that because I, I was a fan this. of the record. Right. For years, I have, I have just believed this sight unseen and thought, you know what? I don't know if the record is good or not. It's good, fine. It's, it's a fine record, but it's not... I don't know if it's good enough, unique enough, whatever, to warrant a year of isolation before that. <laughs> And I got, I got curious and I went on the internet and you would not believe how hard it would be to form a search query in such a way <laughs> to yeah. give you actual information about this topic. But as far as I can tell, they, that part of it wasn't a thing. They just were living in a house together for a few months writing the album. That's Cause I what it the, was. Like, That's CD- what it was. That came with. They started doing this with like nicer CDs that came with the yeah, DVD yeah, yeah. of like making of. And the I remember enhanced, watching the, the enhanced CDs. Yeah, I remember watching the DVD. That was a the time thing that came with the making of. And yeah, it was them hanging out in this beautiful beach house and making the record. But that's uh, that's about all I remember from it. And uh, there's definitely no memories of them stating that like we did this for a year. Right. I and I have no idea like where uh, <coughs> that would have come from. You know, but except that I, this person just told it to me who mm-hmm. they must have been told it. And I, I just believed it for, you know, how long has that record been out? Almost 20 years. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Cause I listened to it a lot when I was 16 and I'm 30, 37 now. So it's been a while. Yeah. Oh my God. So the one, uh, if I can segue, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's that's the jumping off point. Oh, okay. We're just going to talk about urban legends for a while. So we're going to, you know, just swap swap some stories, and then as far as we can, verify or unverified. <laughs> so the one that I feel like every millennial, every millennial and maybe younger Gen X are definitely heard uh, in school was that, and I want to try to keep this show as, as PG as possible, but the, <laughs> Marilyn Manson, who was the boogeyman in 98, uh, 99, uh, I mean, he scared the hell out of parents and everybody, and kids loved him, uh, that he got surgery to remove his ribs uh, so that he could perform fellatio on himself. Yeah. That was the rumor. And this spread everywhere. Like, you heard it. Everywhere. Was it was state. ubiquitous. I, like, it's a meme that, like, people will joke about, like, Marilyn Manson having his ribs removed as, like, almost like a bit of, like, I think folklore. I remember seeing a picture of his ribs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember because he would, because he was so thin and he would wear corsets lingerie and, and stuff, stuff yeah. and corsets. And people would be like, see, he doesn't have the, see, he doesn't have the right amount of ribs. And, you know, why are seventh graders talking about this? I don't know, but this spread like wildfire. What else are you going to talk about? How did we do, how did we, and I say we, like how did the collective youth of America spread this rumor? And then of course, 
you know, he's, I think he's responded to it before, but like at the time, like, right, that's free publicity for him. So he's like, yeah, I'm, hell yeah. These kids want to think I'm a weirdo that does this. <laughs> like, sure, I'm going to sell more records. Uh, but that was the first urban legend that I remember that's like applicable to my immediate yeah. Life. And there there were a lot about Marilyn Manson. Yeah. So there was the other one that he was Paul Pfeiffer in the Wonder Years. Yep. <laughs> that he was like the nerdy neighbor kid. Which, I remember believing that or people hearing about that. He and wasn't, then, you know, he's not. But you didn't yeah. have IMDb. You could and if you'd watch the Wonder Years on like when I was a kid, it was on rerun or something. Yeah. You'd be like, I, I guess if I squint, maybe that kid <laughs> grew up. To be Marilyn Manson, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember hearing one that, like, he was, like, used to be, like, a devout Christian kid. Mm-hmm. And then one day he, like, Always heard br- that. took a picture of clouds that he thought had, like, angel faces in it. And he brought it to his church and his, like, Sunday school teacher told him he was dumb. And that's why he's an atheist. <laughs> I so I never heard the <laughs> second half, but I would always hear. Did you know people again? Marilyn Manson was just right, a, of course. A, a yeah, great fodder for plots, but or, or, or for yeah. legends. But yeah, I remember hearing. Did you know he was like a born again Christian? And, you know, a leader in his youth group, and then something happened, and now and you're like, oh, okay. He took you a know. picture of these clouds, and the his, <laughs> his Sunday school teacher told him he was dumb. Uh, the. <laughs> The other one that comes to mind when we bring up urban legends is the Paul McCartney is dead. Oh, absolutely. One. That's now, the OG. I wasn't That's the original alive for this uh, at all. But yeah, supposedly it's like uh, in Strawberry Fields. Uh, what is it? Strawberry Fields. Here, I got an article. Strawberry Fields kickstarted with the Beatles songs linked to the Paul's Dead Conspiracy. Uh, yeah. People thought he died in 66 and was replaced by Doppelganger. People think Billy John, Shears. Uh, yeah, people, people think he was replaced by Billy Shears. People think at the end of, of Strawberry uh, Fields. Or is it forever. William Campbell? Well, Billy. Wait, it's not the same William, person? Uh, yeah, William Campbell, who then in That's Who Billy Shears Is in Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. When they um, all go, Billy Shears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, who's that? It's like, it's Paul. It's Bill it's, Camps, it's, Yeah. Uh, but you know, the people say John Lennon said I buried Paul, and then in like the end of day in the life, there's like supposedly uh, creepy stuff in there about uh, if you play it backwards, it says Paul is dead. I miss him. I miss him. Yeah, uh, and then people I said he blew is, his mind out in a car was a reference to Paul getting right. in a car accident. I think that the Paul is dead miss him back back mask is real, but they threw it in like as a joke. I, you know, it's because with back like, masking you can't yeah. like prove or disprove. You're just sort of like it sounds like that to me, right? <laughs> Uh, there is because also in Glass Onion, uh, which was the song written when John Lennon heard from some college student that their English teacher was having them dissect Beatles songs for secret meanings. I'm like, what secret meanings? So we just wrote this song specifically to troll everybody. Um, but then the the whole thing about like how the walrus was. Yeah, the walrus, the walrus was Paul. Was Paul. He's like, ah, but the, the walrus with the black mask was really dead. Signifier for it. And it's like, I think the biggest like uh, 
<laughs> the biggest point of contention for that is like, they're like, oh, look, he has this. So Paul McCartney doesn't have this scar that William Campbell does. It's like, or have you heard of getting injured? <laughs> yeah. How this, do you think scars occur? This one, this one is just one that's ridiculous, but again, could spread back in the day because you had even less access to, yeah. uh, yeah, figuring out if this is true or not. <laughs> and like, sure, the Beatles' appearance changed so much, right? They didn't play concert for two years. They come back, and if yeah, you can just be like, oh, that's not Paul anymore. That's Billy <laughs> Shears, I guess. And yeah. you know, sure, you're gonna believe that. Yeah. Um, speaking of old school urban legends, one of my favorite one of my favorite ones ever, which is um, is just so absurd. Uh, was the the legend that uh, Robert Johnson, the old blues guitarist, sold his soul to the devil to play guitar that good? And the reason mm-hmm. it makes me so delighted is because if you listen to Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. he's not that great by today's <laughs> standards. Like, like, <laughs> so, like the ooh. idea, the idea that this guy could only get that good by selling his soul to yeah. the devil. Like, Satan so... didn't have as much power as I thought. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just ludicrous. One of my. F- um, uh, my favorite movie ever is Oh Brother Art Thou, and one of my favorite yeah. bits in it is when they pick up, uh, they pick up the the like black guy standing on the corner. He's got his guitar and he's hitchhiking or whatever. And they pick yeah. him up, but he's something Johnson. like uh, essentially, and he yeah. says something like, uh, "I met the devil last night. I sold uh, sold my soul, and he gave me this here guitar and taught me how to play it." And the one guy goes. Uh, Oh, you sold your everlasting soul? And he's like, Well, I wasn't using it. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, Dan, uh, Dan, the main guy is like, or uh, US, USC's effort McGill is like, Oh, and that's something like, uh, so and so here just got saved. Well, it looks like I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. <laughs> Anyways, I have to quote that movie when I can, but that scene just kills me because he's just happily driving a car with the guy who sold his soul to Satan and his friends who just got saved in the back seat. <laughs> I wasn't using it. <sighs> so, uh, yeah. what? So I brought this up, and you said it wasn't. Maybe urban legend, but I feel like it's in the wheelhouse of it, yeah, the Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon sinking up. I had heard this, uh, you know, a ton oh, when I was a kid, for years, and people say like, oh, it actually does sink up, and like blah blah blah. And as you mentioned, there's like people tried to do this on on YouTube, yeah. you know, in the modern era to try to like really get it to sink up. And they're like specific. If you look it up online, people will give very specific instructions like, hey, so depending on what version of the movie you're using, uh, so like you, if you are using like the DVD or like the 50, the whatever anniversary edition of the DVD, or if you're using the, uh, the MGM Classics Vault 
yeah, uh, VHS. Like it's like it's, specifically when to press play or something. When the lion, when the lion roars the second time. That's what I always oh, heard. I always heard if, when the lion if, roars the second time, you press. But play. if you're playing, if you're listening to this ver, if you're watching this version, but also if you're listening to it on LP or if you're listening to it on CD, and then also like depending on what version of the CD you're using, it gets very in the weeds. It's incredibly specific on what you need to do to sync it up. So, like one of the um, one of the problems with that urban legend or whatever you want to call it that just never made sense to me was why? Like, what do they gain from this? Right? Like, maybe the Paul is dead legend. Right? Either Paul really did die <laughs> and they're trying to cover it up, or Paul just went out of the band. Like, if you believe that's true, there's some reason there. Like, why would Pink Floyd be like, guys, we have to make this thing sync up perfectly with this old movie? Yeah. Um, and you know they've addressed it. Like they've said, uh, it's completely not true. It's ridiculous. Whatever. But you know it syncs up enough to 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 convince people that there's some intention there yeah i have i have i have done it. i've watched oh you have i well i watched somebody on youtube who did it um they had like uploaded like the version with here it is playing whatever and there are a few moments where like the musical the music will change in such a way right when there's like a scene change or something. So like there's some big thing that crescendos in the music when like she walks out into like the color world in Oz and like, okay, sure. But then there's also just a whole lot of standing around while some other music plays. (laughs) So it's not a super compelling like it definitely doesn't seem like they sat down with Wizard of Oz and tried to write a soundtrack to it, mm-hmm. which is what's so often claimed. Yeah, uh, yeah, that they somehow like, made made are, one of the most right. technically great albums of all time, but also wanted it to sync up with this like 1930s something movie. Like, why? There's yeah, back well, to also, there's hey, no. What's hey, the objective wait, here? Hey, hey, uh, did you know though? <laughs> That uh, when they're going through like that creepy forest and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you can look, you can see something rustling in the leaves in the forest back in the mm-hmm. back, and it's one of the munchkins hanging themselves. So I uh, this it's not it's a urban bird. legend. <laughs> it's, I was at a youth pastor's house. Okay, we were at a youth, like a Christian youth group friends hang out like not an official but like <laughs> yeah just have the kids over on saturday night so they don't go out and you know get into trouble so and we're all hanging out and uh someone starts talking about this and they put it on and they find you know we find the spot and it convinced me like it could because it's like yeah someone commits suicide and they didn't you know they never caught it and they fixed it and it's some guy yeah. it's depressed and i remember i was like uh, again, this is like at my youth pastor's house or something with a couple other people. <laughs> so it ends, and I'm just standing there like, I just saw a guy kill himself. Like, I was like, everybody's like, oh, wow, isn't that crazy? And everybody goes back to, like, hanging out and whatever, and I was just sort of <laughs> like, holy cow, like, I just watched a guy, like, in his darkest moment of his, like, 
the yeah. depths, uh, the, the, the dark uh, night of the soul, kill himself. How am I supposed to go back to eating like potato chips and drinking pop after this? <laughs> like, yes, I know this happened in the 30s, yeah. but like whatever. Uh, but yeah, then turns out that's not true. Yeah, there's this meme that's like me as an eight-year-old with unmonitored access to the internet watching someone get beheaded by terrorists on Oh yeah. Whatever whatever website it was at two AM and it's like the Miranda Cosgrove iCarly meme. The um, that's, that's not Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, who's that's Miranda Cosgrove? But I, I Wait, that is Miranda Cosgrove. I was right. I am too old for iCarly, but I appreciate that. But you know the meme of her. I know the meme the, of her sitting in front of her computer and then she's recreated it at like thirty-two or something. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Um, yeah. But no, like, the, we, me and my friends were talking about that, about the, because now if you go on Facebook, if you post uh, anything that's ex- explicit in any real capacity, it gets uh, taken down or flagged or whatever. And, you know, we can have all our gripes, uh, and I think there's very good gripes to be made about how they handle false news or whatever, but the, the old internet was just, it didn't. There was no mods, you know, it was just whatever. Anybody and could do it, anything they want. You just end up on some, like, someone would link to some FTP server with, like, weird videos or some sketch yeah. website, and you just end up watching, like, some beheading. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, like, I feel like everybody of our age watched someone get beheaded uh, in an, from from a Middle Eastern country. <laughs> Like those videos would always get passed around, and it would make you sick. You would be like, "This is messed up," but somehow those would surface and be the one. You know, you just see the craziest, yeah. most upsetting stuff. I, and now I don't know. It's still there, but you gotta you gotta really hunt for it. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw any of the beheading videos because I always like. I think I would have enough lead time that it'd be just like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not You're like, I just that. don't want to see this. I'm not doing that. I do remember a <clears throat> video that a friend sent me, like, oh, man, this guy gets hit. It's like this guy getting hit by a car. It's like really a guy getting hit by a car. And then I realized years later, it's a scene from Meet Joe Black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that gets So that one gets passed around every once in a while because Brad Pitt's far enough away Yeah, that... It does look like, but every, someone, I mean, this is not music related, but that is an urban legend thing that kind of took off where someone goes, oh, this is, if you watch this it at all, video. it's very this, not it realistic get, physics. Yeah, doesn't it like, land on another car? Yeah, he gets ricocheted between three <laughs> yeah. cars and it's very jarring. It's like the opening, like this isn't really a spoiler for me, Joe Black. It's, it's like the, the opening opener. scene. Yeah. Where this handsome Brad Pitt meets the whatever charming actress, and you think they they have a cute uh, meet cute or whatever, and then he walks away and just gets destroyed just by destroyed, these yeah. cars. But yeah. for whatever reason, this darkly serious drama they went. It was like clear the people with computers. <laughs> it was like ninety seven or something. Yeah, and the guys with computers were like. Let's make this death scene freaking wild. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, I so. Um, the one thing that I did, uh, the one place that I did end up spending a lot of time is like a sixth grader where I was like, absolutely should not have. Uh, do you remember Tatsi.com or Tatsi? It was the temple of the screaming electron. I do not. 
It was like there were instructions for uh, pipe bombs, napalm. Oh, <laughs> like making like your own like incendiary devices and like DIY PVC bazookas and things like that. Uh, I was looking at like you know the potato cannon that you know you could so also fill had, with um, something a little more dangerous. But we had the anarchist cookbook, which yeah, is a plain text file that got passed around. And I mean, it's so other of you on Google, but yeah, it was yeah. just how to make homemade explosives. Any, any sort of explosives. And, and uh, of course, me and all my friends had it. Uh, yeah. yeah. For, sorry, parents, if you were saying we had the anarchist cookbook on our family computer. Oh, yeah. Um, I, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I was introduced <laughs> to it by my friend, uh, Phil, who is like, sorry, Phil, if you somehow find this, one of the squarest dudes I'd ever met. <laughs> So you're like, how did he? How did he get a hold of this? Right. It was just like this ridiculous. Like, <laughs> man, early internet was a wild time. Uh, hit me, um, hit me with another. I am uh, speaking of, of speaking of the devil, because mm-hmm. that's where we where we wrapped off. Uh, it was always widely circulated that Ozzy Osbourne would bite the heads off of bats mm-hmm. at live concerts. So. I, to the point that, to the point that in the film Little Nicky, he bites the head off of one of the protagonists. So my understanding, what I believe right now is the truth, was that he did a theatrical bit where he bit the head off of rubber bats, and I have, was told that there was a point where someone threw a dead bat up on a real, yes, dead bat, and he bit the head off of it, realizing it's real. Concert ends, and he goes and gets like. Rabies, rabies shots whatever. or whatever. So is, did yeah. that he, happen? Yes, he has okay. claim, He has at least claimed himself that uh, that somebody threw a dead bat that he thought was rubber. And yeah, he's like, I'll just I'll bite the head off of it. That's hardcore. And then it, it was real. And then you're like, he oh, said, he time said to go to the felt, hospital. <laughs> yeah, he said that he felt like a gush of liquid fill his mouth, and no, then he no. was like, no, okay. And then he left. <laughs> uh, he has he has at different times claimed that the bat was alive and bit him as well. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe, no, no cameras. You can't prove. I mean, unless those. Uh, <laughs> The other, the other one of those, the other one of those was uh, Alice Cooper had similar uh, mm-hmm. rumors around mm-hmm. him, and I, he has since claimed that uh, the story that happened was that somebody threw a chicken on stage, and he was like, "Okay, what I'm going to do with this bird?" So he like threw this chicken up into the crowd. And he said, you know, I'm from Detroit. I don't know anything about chickens. I just know it's a bird. So I think it's going to fly. But it just falls into the crowd. And then everybody tears it apart. This like live chicken just gets eviscerated by the audience. But then it got, that got circulated to the point where it's Alice Cooper doing ritual sacrifices at his concerts. (laughs) So... The, the my favorite thing about Alice Cooper is that you know so much of it is his, his makeup he looks scary yeah. but there are a few key things that I've always found radically weird about Alice Cooper one he is very intensely into golf in fact he's written <laughs> yes he is a golf book which I cannot <laughs> think right. of 
anything less cool than like <laughs> golf if you're a, a scary goth looking musician right and then uh he is claims to be a born again christian uh, yeah. he wasn't always but like yeah. now he is he had a, he had a he's born conversion christian. experience in yeah. the 80s or something or 90s but yeah he said since then all of his albums have just been about how scary hell's going to be so um and then i know Politically, I've always heard he's conservative or has leaned conservative, which again is not what you'd suspect. I haven't heard um, anything about that. Just but Ted I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's true. Well, again, Ted, Ted there's I conservative heard, and then there's Ted Nugent. Like Ted I Nugent heard Ted like Nugent insane. hunted a man once. <laughs> Ted Nugent's insane. <laughs> it's um, the most dangerous game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's like, I'm a conservative and voted for George W. Bush, and then there's there's Ted Nugent. Um, Who openly called for Obama's assassination and, and nothing happened to him. Yeah, Absolutely nothing happened. Everyone's like, there goes Ted. Yeah, G. Wilker, freedom of speech, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, hit me with one, the next one. I've got. I've got I'm going to do a combo. Here. Okay. Uh, Elvis and Tupac live. So um, that- James Morrison's in there too. Really? Yeah. So I've never heard James uh, uh, Jim Morrison Jim like Morrison. be supposedly alive. I've always heard Elvis, which I think the Elvis thing. I don't because again, right? I wasn't alive in the seventies, so I don't know how seriously people yeah. believed it. I never met anybody that seriously believed that Elvis was alive, but I have met people that deeply seriously believe that Tupac was alive and that he was in the islands making music, releasing it under a different name. When I was I, a kid, I, I remember like hear, some people being yeah. like, "No, Tupac is Tupac's in the Bahamas making records, man." I didn't even hear the new the different name thing. I just heard that that's why they keep releasing these unreleased Tupac tracks because he's <laughs> oh, still alive. He's making new. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you it, mean not because not because he just had like this huge home studio that he kept recording with and yeah, and it's like f- Prince too. Like you know, Prince had like vaults and vaults of unreleased stuff that his family is trying to keep unreleased. But the Tupac and Elvis thing is so the Tupac thing again. It's just it's one of those things where in the nineties you're like, even if the news comes on and says, I mean, we still see disinformation now, yeah. but it's harder. It's it's harder. It's, it's easier to verify things in some way. Whereas if you say like this person dies and the you hear Tupac dies and you hear the yeah. the news say Tupac dies, and you are living wherever you're just like. Well, I I didn't see his body with my you know, and then you hear that it was staged and that the yeah you know, Chug Knight moved him to the islands or something. You're like, oh, okay, that sounds plausible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those weird things because like nobody wants their hero to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just everybody hopes that. You know, th- yeah, this person's too influential or whatever. Like, there's no way they could have died. Like this, this like godlike worship of celebrities at some point. And like Tupac was that. Elvis was absolutely that. Yeah. I personally <laughs> don't see anything from Elvis that makes me go, "Oh yeah, that makes sense that that would be the guy." Um, he just sung a bunch of black people's songs worse than they did. Uh, but yeah, it's just this thing like, oh yeah, they're not dead. They're not dead. I think, and then with- it also is—it's always like 
like your friend's older brother. Yeah. Who like lives in the basement. And I had a lot of friends of with brothers who had the full basement or the full like upstairs or something yeah, for yeah, themselves. Yeah. And you they're just mysterious and you're like, oh, and then just, you know, come be, you know, the kind of the, yeah. Be wearing Alice in Chains t shirts or whatever. You're like, oh. They've okay. just taken a bong rip and they're like, <laughs> All right, man, let me tell you about <laughs> Let me tell you about the you're like, What? No way. Let me tell you about the CIA. Um yeah. Lauren and I, this this gets into not music, but still conspiracy theories. But do you? Rem- I, I hope you will. Uh, alien autopsy. Oh my god! Being, being like a rentable, like people hundred <laughs> percent believe that was real. Like, like it's real, it's real, it's real. My my extended family is very into. Uh, my my cousins and uncle were yeah. very into aliens and, and all that kind of stuff. And they I were feel like everybody was into serious. aliens in the nineties. They were dead serious that it was real. It's super real, super yeah. real. Right, and the video footage is so crappy, grainy. But you could go to Blockbuster and rent it. Yes. But, like, still people were like, oh, well, you know, this just got out of the hands of the uh, the CIA, and that's why we have it now and whatever, but they don't want you why to see this. We... You're like, you shouldn't be able to rent. If this was actually an alien autopsy, it wouldn't yeah. be rentable uh, so, Blockbuster. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to hold on to the CIA and come back to it later. Ooh. That's, that's, that's important. Um, this one is dovetailed into uh, the, the favorite story that I have ever heard that I am also going to tell you now. Um, <laughs> so the theory, the rumor is that after the album Pinkerton, which was critically panned and a commercial failure which coming from the blue album you know I, I think we take Weezer early on for granted uh, because now we have so much of it like Weezer mm-hmm. is an institution they've covered Africa you know which the, they've the barely period, covered Africa the period between the pink album and the green album as a teen felt it was infinite. immense. It felt infinite. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're like, people, oh, we've lost forget. this legendary band. Yeah, and we and people take for granted that there was a time when Weezer broke up, and part of that is because the Blue Album was such a force when it came out. It was an incredible hit. Uh, also, came out the same day as Siamese Dream. Little uh, little tidbit to help you at trivia night. Wait, or no, Blue not album Siamese or Dream. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Not Blue Album. Uh, Blue Album came out the same day as Diary by Sunday Day Real Estate. Let me keep that keep that straight. Not, I was wrong. Um, it's just that those two albums feel similar to me. Um, but so Blue Album's this huge hit. Weezer comes out with Pinkerton, which goes way far the opposite of pop sensibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, they self-produced it. Uh, the songs are uh, really... There There are all sorts of urban legends around Pinkerton. There are rumors that yeah, uh, it crazy. caused... Yeah, there are rumors that it, uh, that it inspired a uh, restraining order against Rivers Cuomo uh, that the... A half Japanese girl mentioned in El Scorcho, yeah. then was like, then filed a protection suit. Um, I didn't actually, 
I don't know if that's so that, true. That was the part but, that, like, it was always a let, because the cover is yeah. clearly this idyllic scene uh, of Japan, a snowy town. And then if you follow, the the, the album tells a, a story. There's a yeah. through line. And, yeah. you know, it's he, like, uh, Across the Sea is a beautiful song. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's like, why are you there all the way across right. the sea? Well, like, it's two different people. <laughs> it's two different people. Because one of them is a girl in Japan who wrote a fan letter and then the other one is a half Japanese girl that he was at school with. But oh, I've always thought the record was about the same girl. No, it's a different girl. Through. Okay. It's a different girl. Um, but the rumor was that after Pinkerton was released, uh, Rivers was so devastated by its failure that mm-hmm. he locked himself in his apartment and he painted everything in the room black. Yeah, I heard this. Like, just I remember everything. He painted this. the walls. He like spray painted the lamps, everything. And he stayed there for like two weeks. And after two weeks, he emerged from his apartment and told everybody that Weezer was done. And he went back to law school. I heard this. Yes. And he and, did actually go back to school in between the records, right? Yes. And he also actually locked himself in his bedroom and painted everything black. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't know if like the detail of like painting everything is bl- black is true, but he did paint the walls black and just isolated himself for a period of time. That is a that is a true story. I I knew them as you know they had Buddy Holly and that's about all I knew because that was on the Windows like, ninety five install disk yeah that's how I discovered them I think that record Blue came out in ninety four right ninety four yeah um, and see so yeah, I was pretty young and so I think I just heard Buddy Holly and thought it was cool and then. Didn't really hear anything more. Definitely when Pinkerton came out, I was still too young and didn't know about it. And then I met uh, a girl when I was a sophomore, and she was older, and she was obsessed. And Green Album was far away at this point. Far away. Yeah. She was obsessed with Weezer, and she was the one that told me all the, like, Quiver Kuma was a genius, and, like, you know, he just crazy stories about him being just just manic, depressive genius and all the fallout after Pinkerton wasn't well received and it's actually a genius and misunderstood album and we have seen the genius misunderstood album is true like like Rolling Stone gave it like a one star and it's now hailed as one of the best rock albums ever I I will also point out at this point that it was uh, after Rivers started seeing this cult of fandom that Pinkerton gained because it mm-hmm. became like a cult record. Yeah. And there are people on uh, message boards talking like, okay, it's yeah. So y'all it, like yeah. Blue, Pinkerton is incredible. Pinkerton is so good. Yeah. And that is why Weezer eventually got back together. So there was all these rumors swirling. Now I'm a Weezer fan. I'm obsessed with Pinkerton and I'm, I'm got into the Blue album and I was in early high school or something and uh, my... I was uh, maybe most obsessed with Weezer and the Get Up Kids, who both had two records. Now, the Get Up Kids didn't have any of the folklore legend around them, but no. they were going to come out with a third record. Finally. What folklore could there have been? Yeah. Finally, the Get Up Kids <laughs> are going to come out with a third record, and then you hear that Weezer's going to come out with a third record. Yeah. And 
So I remember being so excited, and then I find out that they're being released on the same day. And uh, I, th- I think I was 16 at this point, or if I wasn't, I had a way to get up to the record store on my own. Yeah. And um, I remember hearing, okay, we're going to debut Weezer's new music video on MTV, you know, 4 p.m. or something. And I remember getting from school, putting it on, and yeah. it was the song Hash Pipe. Hash Pipe. And my disappointment bum, could bum, not bum, have bum, been bum, 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 greater. Bum, 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 my, my disappointment, bum, bum, and I think a lot of people were yeah. just like, John the Floor, like, after all these rumors and all this, you write a pretty mediocre song about just wanting to smoke weed. Like, yeah, this is what you came up with. And then I, that record yeah. was a massive success. But I, you know, I fell off. Am, yeah, I haven't totally come around on green. Hit or miss. It's pretty mediocre. It feels because they hired Rick Ocasek again to produce Mm. it. And yeah, they're trying to recreate the blue album magic. Exactly. That's exactly what they're trying to do. But there are so many moments where Brian's guitar solo is literally just the melody of the song. Yeah, it's not good. It's just the chorus. I'm like, Brian, you can do better than this. Like, listen, listen to Only in Dreams again, and then tell me. Well, and they keep. <laughs> so I remember Green Album came out. I was high school. Didn't really. I was like, whenever. Yeah. Island in the Sun was everywhere, and I got so sick of that song. Then yes. Maladroit came out shortly thereafter, and I liked. Again, I, I'm in. I yeah. Uh, Maladroit I liked got some me of, back on. Liked some of Maladroit. But even that, like the the big single from that was called Dope Note. So I'm like, okay, who is this Weezer who's like super into drugs now? <laughs> right. And like, you used to be emo sad kids. Okay, whatever. And then when they came out with the Red Album, I really liked the Red Album. And I'm like, I am back. I am here for it. Pork and Beans, Troublemaker. Oh my God, I love that record. And then the record after that, they have Beverly Hills, which oh I think God. is the one of the worst Singles ever released. One of the, it's one of the worst records of all time. Like I just, I remember it is so insipid. My friend uh, Miguel's is also super Weezer fan. He kind of, you know, he was maybe more of a true believer than me. When that, uh, what's the record called? Make believe, I think. Make believe. Um, but yeah, when that Beverly Hills song came out, I was just like, what? Like that was like I was like hurt again. I was yeah. like, you guys did the Red album, and I there was are, excited, right. and now right. you're doing this, and uh, I've never really gotten back on the Weezer train. Yeah, there are a couple albums that have come out since, uh, like so. Hurley, I was they, into. Hurley yeah, they just a bit. dumped them out, man. It was like they, Ratitude. Man, they Hurley. Just keep, Ratitude has Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne gets <laughs> a vocal Lil Wayne feature. Uh, um, but no, so like we. Uh, Every, so Hurley I liked it was like one of those things where it's like yeah okay this is pretty good but it's not like it's not like Pinkerton but I could still enjoy yeah. it I still enjoyed it a fair amount but then every once in a while I think it's been two times now where pe- they'll put out a record and everyone's like oh my god this is this is the best thing they've done since Pinkerton and it was, I remember the white album. The white and album. The album, everything will be all right in the end. And I will The white admit, album drew me back in. I started listening I to the white album quite a bit. I will admit that I, in, they are good records. 
except I, but I can't listen to them because they make me angry because I'm like, listen, y'all could have been doing this at any point. You mean to tell me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. y'all could be doing this anytime you could just flip it back on and you refuse to. Okay. Well, and so I just did a, a <laughs> okay. If you're listening at home and you're screaming at me, uh, I mixed up make believe in the red album. Red album came out after make believe. And that is what I, so I hated make believe and I hated yeah. Beverly Hills. And then they did the red album and I was like, wait, you guys are back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the real, uh, it was very weird. Uh, but I, I maintain the white album's pretty good. They got some. Uh, I, I, that's Darwin not on my the issue beach. with it. It's <laughs> not my good song. issue with the album. But all right, you got any? I think it's gonna be my my last one. And oh, then I'm just gonna it. dump them. I'm gonna dump them on you. The I got a couple evangelical up uh, my evangelical upbringing, which of course oh, always comes up, has led me uh, to a lot of fear mongering growing up of. Of like satanic, satanic messages everywhere having a power beyond just uh, influencing you. Right? If somebody says yeah. go do this bad thing, it's uh, and the number one way Satan got a hold of you as a young Christian boy was through through hidden messages and music. No oh, man, back masking specifically, which had been around since the the Zeppelin, Beatles, the the sixties, seventies. Uh, you play the record backwards, and uh, you know it says whatever. It says insert here, and I still to this day don't know if anyone had ever intentionally did backmasking. Um, I'm sure some bands did as a troll or for for yeah press or whatever. But yeah, there was just the the terror, this idea that I could be listening to a corn record forward. But there was a secret satanic message that was like infecting <laughs> right. me, uh, even though I didn't understand it, and like and like ruining me was real. Subliminal, uh, yeah, fear that you know, like, well, I have, but it was put there by people who like believed this stuff, like the, right. the yeah, you know, whatever the Jerry Falwell for the world or whatever, yeah, um, uh, which is which is insane. By the way, back, which, you know. back. Uh, <laughs> That's like saying if you listen to Japanese records, like right. you're gonna learn Japanese. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's also, like, it, have you ever heard like a like a regular phrase backwards? Like, you're not gonna understand any of it. <laughs> like, it's just not. So it's re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to back to little Nikki. But that's yeah. Uh, that's that's my to, last one. Yeah. That movie comes up way too much on this podcast. It's one of the most forgettable <laughs> and terrible movies. <laughs> It's so forgettable. It's, I watched it recently as well. Why? <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, Netflix. Um, but so there's a there's a scene where like the two like metalhead dudes that he gets that he becomes friends with. Yeah. Uh, they're like hanging out in their apartment, and one of them is like, "Hey, Nikki, what's Ozzy trying to say here, man?" And he's like playing this Black Sabbath record backwards, and like he's like, "No." Hold on, and he goes and he picks up a Chicago record and he puts it on and he plays it backwards and it's like, "Servants of the Dark Lord, rise forth." <laughs> it's like yeah, this big. I, remember, I remember that scene of being like, <laughs> like, no Sabbath didn't do that, but Chicago definitely right. did. Like they were the real, real Satanists. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, man, yeah, that was such a big like the Satanic panic around all of it was just so. There's an Instagram account I follow and love called a Satanic Panic at the Disco, mm. and it's all I gotta find that clips 
it's it's mostly clips of 80s stuff that's just uh really cringe that's that that's satanic panic (laughs) of like uh some some pastor who is uh wearing a very nice suit and many gold rings and has like you know a hundred dollar haircut warning you to not play dungeons and dragons or something and you're like okay (laughs) the dungeons and dragons panic was so ridiculous which is also so funny when you consider like how so how geeky all of high fantasy is. It's so nerdy. So <laughs> nerdy. But then when you look at like all of these like you know the bands that keep getting like you know all the fear mongering about them mm-hmm. like you know Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and like your early early day Black uh, Led Zeppelin we've we've brought up a number of times mm-hmm. that like by the time we were growing up they were safe yeah uh, so it was fine but like all they were just bands, singing like, about Lord of the Rings they were just si- yeah they were just singing about Lord of the Rings like in Ramble On like there's literally a part when Robert plans like and then the creature Gollum came and I'm like oh okay it's <laughs> like alright I guess Gollum's over here I should do um, that, but for like uh, like Harry Potter or something, just make a record <laughs> where I just sing the plot of Harry Potter. There you go. Um, yeah, I got a I got a couple. I'm gonna bring a couple more. Then do um, it. Not gonna do all of them. So there is one. This is pretty easily verified. Uh, so MIA, mm. the she's now been uh, uh, electro musician, black pilled or whatever pill. If appropriate, I don't know for, what any of the pills are, uh, but she's you know full on conspiracy theorist, uh, very into Candace Owens, very oh, uh, God. Uh, thinks the vaccines are going to give you the mark of the beast. Yeah, well, uh, apparent. So she, uh, her origin story was that her dad was a member of the Tamil Tigers, who was yep. a, the Sri Lankan uh, freedom fighters, who were this terrorist cell in India. And yeah. like all these things about like, you know, my dad is, you know, this rebel leader or whatever. And she wrote and hard on that, like kind of part of the publicity hard. is yeah. like, I am a war refugee and my dad is a, a rebel. Right. And then Diplo was like, like oh, you were raised in England. Y'all know, like I've met her dad. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not that. Which it's like, you want to believe her because you're like, oh, there's this new popular musician, woman of color, you know. With this engaging story of a a part of the world that doesn't get a lot of attention. Yeah, and doing music that typically doesn't have a lot of space for women. And it's like, no, you've been kind of lying through your teeth here. But I have have good news. Uh Uh-huh. Is that Diplo made most of that up after they broke up. Wait, so what... He he, oh, he was a he was a member of the Tamil Tigers. So it's true. Yes, it is true. Okay, it is true. I thought so, that she was just lying, and he was like, like because that's exposed. what Diplo told everybody. <sighs> Diplo came Diplo. out and he said that, and and everyone's like, oh, I guess she's just a fake, whatever. But it was actually true, uh, as far as I could tell in my research. Uh, Diplo just made it up after he and MAA broke up. Um. He just got real, real jilted. The that is wild. Okay, so yeah. I always thought that it it I always I was living in the the still. It was right. all made up. You were diplo filled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, yeah, she just got increasingly, like at first her politics and her music were pretty radical and I would say almost uh, anarchist. And um, I mean, her, one of her music videos is like people throwing Molotov cocktails at like, so like military police kind of people. Yeah. And now when you, yeah, born free. Oh man. The, yeah, born free. That's the song. Um, And you look at her, uh, I don't know, Twitter right now and it's, uh, Changed, changed individual. It's also weird how much. It's not that surprising because so, uh, there there is a lot of overlap between like the like the anarcho communist like government war machine is evil and like everything is just fueling that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and then the idea of like oh they're lying for a vaccine like that. That's a shorter bridge. Than yeah, a lot of I've I know a few like if you already left. have a good reason to distrust the government, right. Like sure, like I, yeah. I don't want to discredit that. I right. mean that's why the I mean I'm I'm speaking out of my my wheelhouse here, but that's why so it's they've really tried to get uh, somebody in the black community yeah. to speak out in favor of hey the vaccine's right. safe it's good because. They have very good reason to doubt, <laughs> right? <laughs> when the government says, "Here, and, take this," and SNL has had some had some skits on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the, exactly. And the uh, the Tom Hanks on the Black Jeopardy <laughs> all oh time sketch. Tom Hanks on Black Jeopardy is great. Yeah, it's like they're in full agreement <laughs> until the very end, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what a skinny girl can do for you. What is not a damn thing. <laughs> Love that line. Uh, so I have to mention this one just because it's uh, Me Without You is always been this eclectic band that has attracted all this weird. I mean, because they literally did tour the country in a van converted to run on vegetable oil. Yeah, and I remember like hearing this and like thinking, and Aaron, and you Aaron guys are crazy. This is not right. real. Aaron, like, I didn't really. He. Aaron would actually dumpster dive and get like full meals out of the dumpsters of grocery stores. Like yeah. Where they would just throw out like vegetables that are like a day too old to sell, but it's like yeah. still good for a few days. And he would like, you know, he, um, in the, um, what's the title of the book? Uh, All the like Clever f- Words on Pages, yeah. uh, which is a, um, a memoir by a, yeah, yeah, a guy yeah. who became friends with Aaron. There is a, a scene in the book where Aaron literally in, he invites all these people over for like a Christmas dinner, and then he's like, "Hey, I just want to tell y'all, so like you're not like caught off guard. I did get all this food out of the dumpster. It's all like sanitary, and I've washed it, and it's fine. But like, and it was all like in its packaging still. But like, if yeah. that's not okay with you, so like, the band was re- really legitimately odd, and yeah. has." A lot of the a lot of the legends have been true. He would hitchhike all over, and like at one point, just like realized that the girl that he was he was trying to flirt with in this bus that he was hitchhiking with wasn't as into him as he thought he was. He was like flirting with this girl in a bus, and re- it wasn't going as well as he wanted it to. So he stopped the bus, got out, and then like walked home. Or hitchhiked home, like crossed a river with his all of his belongings in like tied up in his shirt above the water, 
<laughs> like these are real stories mm-hmm. about the band. So all that to say, urban legends kind of follow them around. The yeah, most, I mean, I just uh, when they came out, it they were just uh, uh, they were such an eclectic band. But I remember when because my band, uh, my guitarist comes to me and goes, yeah, yeah uh, me without you, we never, we didn't play a show with, the, we didn't play a show with me without you, nothing like that cool, but we played the same venue as me without you, and it was like this weird church run kind of hardcore venue, Yeah, and we played like the night before or after, I can't remember the specifics, but mm. my guitarist was like, oh yeah, I was here and I talked to the the band and they run their van on vegetable oil and they just right. get it free from, from they um, go behind restaurants and they restaurants. just and it. I was like, this is right. the most That's made up real. bullshit I've right. ever heard. Exactly. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? So, the the urban legend in question, because it was around for a while, was that Aaron Weiss, the lead singer of Me Without You, and aforementioned odd person, had Asperger's. Mm-hmm. And that was why he was such an eclectic, weird, awkward person. Which is entirely untrue. <laughs> But I remember this being yeah, circulated. Yeah, people just trying to be like, oh, I remember he's people like, oh yeah, you know he's he's on the spectrum. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, that's why like his stage banter is so weird or whatever. Like, uh, n- no. So I it was tracked down. Uh, also in the memoir that I read, um, there was some early concert review that speculated that maybe he had Asperger's and that's <laughs> why. And then it just went from there. But actually, so there's a there's an email. Someone diagnosing him from the crowd. Right, exactly. So like, there's like this later email, like you know, deep in their career, like maybe around Pale Horses era, where um, the guy writing it sends an email to Aaron, like, "Hey, I found this article," and Aaron's like, "This must be where that came from." Okay. <laughs> I have been hearing this for years, and I have no idea where it came from. And it's kind of weird to have to disclose your medical information over and over, you know, <laughs> right. pro or not. Right. Multiple interviews um, of, do you have autism? Or, and you're like, right. no. This is, or, this is also yeah. a great time to point out um, that my band is playing a Me Without You cover set December mm-hmm. 16th. So you, if you're around the area and what, you and want what area to, is that? Uh, the South Bend area. We'll be we're uh, we're playing a, a cover set of brother sister for my birthday, and we are well informed because it's it's a very well researched cover set because I have in my Google Drive right now videos for two of the songs of the bass parts from Greg Jahaney and the bassist mm-hmm. when he wrote when he like made the videos for the guy who was filling in on a European tour. So Ooh. I just reached out to him because there were a couple of bass parts that we had a hard time figuring out. He was like, oh yeah, I got these. <laughs> and so. That's rad. That's, that's so really rad. rad. Um, it's wild. My life is wild. Um, what also is wild is the CIA. Oh boy. And we've come to it at last. A CIA agent. What would they do? A few years ago. Appeared on Russian TV and he claimed that at some point in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a meeting of high ranking CIA officials, private prison investors, and music executives. And 
they saw an opportunity before them to shift the culture in such a way to fill these prisons and fatten all of their wallets. And so, gangster rap was born. So the the urban legend is that the CIA invented gangster rap as a way to fund the prison system? Yes. And not only that, but that there was a meeting of all of these executives. And, and this happened in together. Russia. No, 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 no. He, he came on Russian TV recently and said that this is what happened. And, and so him going on Russian TV and saying this happened, that part's oh. actually true. Like him saying it is actually true. Him, him saying it's actually true. This, a, a man was on Russian TV claiming to be a former CIA right. operative. You're really making me uh, work for the show notes this week. You I've got, I've got the article. Right all, right, all right, all right. But so the headline is, former CIA agent admits the agency created gangster rap to, quote, fill private prisons, end quote, by, quote, glamorizing criminality. That almost sounds believable. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, it says, yeah, the, uh, it says that some of the hip hop lyrics by NWA were scripted by a team of psychologists and war propagandists inside oh of the CIA. This is. They were intended to unleash a wave of cynicism towards authorities, promote the use of narcotics, and glamorize the gangster life in the life and minds of impressionable young people to create a funnel into the private prison system. It seems like like people often invent conspiracy theories when the truth is harder for them to swallow or inconvenient, and that just seems like this seems like one of those times where like the truth of uh, that uh, black people, particularly young black men, had a lot to be very angry about <laughs> right. for just cause in the eighties and took the music that was emerging, you know, this new music that was really emerging right. in black communities I and channel know. it. No, right. it had to be the CIA. Right. It couldn't be that we were <laughs> as a nation screwing up. No, I just want to know what ice cube has to say about that. Oh my God. <laughs> He's, <laughs> I want to tweet him while Twitter is still exists. Hey, I, at Ice Cube, is it true that I don't think F the Police was ghostwritten by the CIA? <laughs> ghostwritten by um, uh, oh, I was going to say Ho- Edgar Hoover, but that's FBI. Um, Ice T probably would, or I, Ice Cube yeah. wouldn't respond, but Ice T probably would. Ice T is very active on Twitter, very fun. <laughs> uh, but what's I know he, he wasn't. What's he going to know about NWA? Yeah, yeah, he's not. Like, an hey, NWA, he's T, very fun you, on Twitter. Ice T, can you ask Ice Cube? <laughs> Are um, they friends? Yeah, probably. So, oh man, I, I think, know they've worked I, together. I think there's a line in the Thirty Rock. Where somebody's talking about rap artists and they're like, and your ice, both T and cube. <laughs> that sounds like a 30 rock line. <laughs> um, right. man. All right. I'm, I am yeah. out of, of, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Oh yeah. Wait, last one. Oh. Slotted in Beatles, Ooh. smoke pot at Buckingham palace. Uh, I believe it. 
Paul dodged the question. George said it was a cigarette, and John, uh, I can't remember, didn't answer or something like that. So it's still out. It's still out. <laughs> Some of those Beatles interviews are just so funny. Yeah, like, they just they were they were like done with the. It's immediately like they were they were done sort of like, immediately. Uh. <laughs> yeah, by the time they got to the states, they were over fame. But they just like gave the trolliest answers ever. One, my favorite one is like, "Hey, hey, John, what kind of girl are you into?" My wife. Well, George, what kind of girls are you into? John's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the? Um, oh my god, there was this Reddit post, and I'll link it, and it's sad, and you can cut this out. But it was—it's the most dark, not funny gonna. thing. This no guy says something like, "If you can, uh, if you could have like one wish, what would it? Or no, if you could oh, have yeah, sex, yeah, yeah. it was like if you could yeah. have sex with one person, what would it be?" And the top comment was yep. this guy being like, "I would want to have sex with my uh, my wife one more time. I'm a widower. She passed away years ago from yeah. cancer. Just tells this most gut wrenching story." <laughs> You're, you're you're oh damn that's a, he's not saying a celebrity he's saying is his yeah. his deceased wife Absolutely and then the guy underneath story. him is just says, yeah I'd pick this guy's wife too <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's I also choose this guy's wife yeah oh my god it's it, like I saw that and I laughed so and I was like if I was the original author of that I would be like couldn't even be mad but oh my god yeah, oh like, my yep. god I just remembered Anyways. that I forgot to tell the funniest story I've ever heard and now right, that we're done better, with the legends here we are better hear the funniest story ever here's the funniest story I've ever heard it goes back to Weezer I was gonna bring it up uh, so my friend Tommy works at, or he used to work at NPR. And Rivers was at NPR. Weezer was doing a Tiny Desk concert. And Tommy is in the bathroom. So this is recent. Yeah. Uh, recent enough that... Well, recent Tiny enough Desk that Tiny Desk exists. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Recent enough that my friend Tommy is working at NPR, which I think would have been in the last six years. Mm-hmm. So he's, Tommy's in the bathroom. He's at the urinal. And in walks Rivers Cuomo. Mm-hmm. And he goes two urinals down. And Tommy looks over at him. And the story is only made more funny if you know Tommy. But it's still very funny. He looks over at Rivers and he says, My pee is foaming like a bottle of beer. And Rivers deadpans him. He looks at him and makes no expression at all. I would also make no expression if I was Rivers. I would just look at him and be like, I hate you so much right now. And so Tommy then laughs at it himself and then apologizes. He's like, okay, sorry, man. I'm a big fan. But then he's going, he washes his hand, he washes both hands, he's washing his hands, and he goes, all right, well, good luck. And then Rivers just says nothing at all. Yep. That's exactly how I would be like, I hate you so much. He's going out the door, and he's like, he told, as he's telling the story, he's like, I wanted to say something about like performance anxiety or stage fright or something, but I didn't want to get fired. Like a like a hey, hope your stage fright wears off by the time you start. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
I that think one. your friend is lucky to have a job. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> my pee is foaming like a bottle of beer. Uh, if you are not it's a been Weezer. Playing, it's been playing in my head um, all day. If you're not a Weezer aficionado, that's the opening line to Surf Wax America or Surf Wax, Surf Wax USA. Surf Wax USA. Uh, but it's the sea is the foaming sea like is a foaming. bottle of beer. Which confused me as a kid. Or not as I mean, as a young person when I first heard that song because I like, thought, What's beer? No, I thought that Weezer was from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Like, why is he surfing? But the reason I thought he was from Kenosha, Wisconsin was because the music video for Buddy Holly was on the Windows 95 install disc, which is framed like an episode of Happy Days. Yeah. Whereas I think Arthur is the name of the... No, Arthur is the Fonz. Whoever is the guy who owns the restaurant introduces them as Kenosha's own Weezer. And so I just accepted that Weezer was from Kenosha. So as a kid, you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. I was in third grade. I'm like, oh, for for a long time, I thought it was an episode of Happy Days. I just thought I did it. So I did because it shot like it. I I think I was as a kid, but like, wow. There's even like a commercial break. I definitely was confused as a kid being like, wait, did this really happen? Yeah. Um, Anyways, now, yeah. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up here. What's your, uh, what's your weekly pick? My weekly pick this week is the album. A Song of Salvation by a band called Dream Unending. Uh, I just had it in my review queue uh, for Tuned Up, and I is from like a like a, a PR person that I usually like everything that she sends, and so I'm like, okay, I'll check this out, and it is it is really great. It is uh, like this really like cosmic progressive like death doom. Uh, like slow tempos, like lots of synths, lots of growly guitars and like these. I mean, is it, would you find it categorized under metal? Oh, hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like lot, like it's, it's doom metal okay. with some death metal screams. Uh, and it's like, it's five tracks long. The first track and the last track are both like 15 minutes. And then everything in the middle is like kind of short. It reminds me in ways of um, Blood Incantations, Hidden History of the Human Race, which is a, a great technical death metal record that is one of the few tech death records I like. I was um, it's like the only one I've been able to tolerate, but I absolutely. don't go seeking that stuff out absolutely. too often. It, it yeah. bubbled up enough yeah. out, out of the tech death community that I was like, <laughs> right. okay, this is good, actually. So, right. It's excellent. Um, but so it's basically, if you take that feel of that record and then just like, make it a doom record instead and give it a lot of like cosmic prog- proggy guitar noodlings. But, right, so but yeah, so I salvation by dream. I listened to it ending. for a, I listened to it for a review and loved it. And then a few days later, pitchfork gave it its new best music. So I was like, All right, oh, I'll I'm link good. it. I'll, okay. uh, I'll link your review in yeah. the, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to out obscure you, and maybe I still will because maybe this band mine just is got best popular. new music. It got so, best yeah, new music. I on think Pitchfork, I am an out so obscure not obscure. You. Uh, the band Owen, which is not really a band, it's uh, Mike one Kinsella. guy, Mike Kinsella, one of the brothers, uh, uh, one of the Kinsella brothers who've done 
if if American there's a football, Cam yeah, American Jazz, football, Cam Jazz, Jane uh, of, uh, Joan of Arc, Joan of Arc, Owls. I almost said Jane of Air. There's so many. If you've heard a band that's from Chicago slash Champagne Urbana, Urbana yeah, Champagne Urbana. Uh, uh, audio feed music festival, the festival that we play and I am involved with now, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, it is like a quarter mile away from the American football house. Um, so, but yeah, Owen, it's Owen. his solo thing. Mike and solo thing. Uh, I mean, I say solo in the same way that I guess dashboard confessionals, a solo thing. It's, there is a main man behind it. Um, if you poke around Owen's discography, he, you know, at different points has a full band, different points doesn't. But I never really got into Owen, and for reasons unknown, uh, his live album from 2021, uh, Live at the Lexington, um, just showed up on my Spotify recommended mm. and I started listening to it. And it's just him solo. It's a very, it's a very raw acoustic show too. Cause he like flubs and messes up, but it's like, fun. it's not like, Oh, like he's just, it's just like, he, I don't know. You're sitting there with him in the living room and it really exemplifies how technically challenging a lot of his, his stuff oh, is. Yeah. Cause if you don't know Owen, he's very, very finger very picky. Technical. Yeah. Uh, and I've really, you know, uh, fallen in love with this live album yeah. and now I don't know where to go from here and so I've bounced around some of his other albums and whatever but something about the intimacy of this live album I um you know uh, I'm really like loving it so Owens yeah. live at the Lexington I have no idea if these songs are old hits or <laughs> if they are new I just know I really like this album and it's caused yeah. me to want to seriously uh, re-examine Owen well, you should listen to the split that he has with my friends, the Rutabaga from here in South Bend. Okay, I they will. Are a wonderful indie rock band that has been going forever here. I saw them uh, back when it was just the singer Josh Acoustic opened up for Taking Back Sunday on the <laughs> Tell All Your Friends tour at a little place called Higher Grounds that is now a subway. I found if 2004 Owen the Rutabaga split EP. Yeah, I found it. Yep. Wow. Okay. I didn't really. It has it a typical, typical Midwest <laughs> emo a, cover of just it's a, a parking of a lot. Yeah, it's like a storage, storage unit. unit. Yeah, it's like just up like okay, yeah. we know what we're getting into. <laughs> yep. <sighs> yeah. Well, now, they also just had a new album come out. Uh, Rutabaga. Yeah, Rutabaga did. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, nope. it's been it's been lovely catching up. Yeah. Uh, we haven't. It's been a little bit because we last one we did with Mike, did. and then I was sick. I I, if I've been sniffling throughout this, it's because I'm still dealing with that cold. <laughs> we canceled last time for so sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, they don't know because our they don't know. Yeah, we'll still release it on time. It'll be yeah. Um, We're sh- showing them all how the how the vegan sausage is made. <laughs> all right, now it's uh, just real sausage. Uh, have a great have a great have a great (laughs) thanks for you as well see ya thank you for listening to Deep Food Radio this podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Matt Fitzgerald who apologize for their rambling but they also won't adjust their behavior so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt if 
for whatever reason you want more, you can follow at D2 Radio Pod on all socials and visit D2RadioPod.com. Someone, please, sponsor us.